This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And we're here to talk some more about inflation-proof companies looking at the world of investing through, as close as we can, Warren Buffett's eyes and Charlie Munger's eyes, Mm -hmm. through the the eyes of investors who focus on um, this simple single rule of investing, rule number one, which says don't lose money. And rule number two, which is don't forget rule number one. And that's (laughs) it. And that's the focus. So what we're talking about is how to do that in an inflationary environment that we're running into here. Um, Yeah, in which everybody feels like they're automatically, not feels, are losing money, losing purchasing power without doing anything wrong at all. So how can we combat that? That's what we all want to know, by putting money in something that's going to... um, not be as hampered by inflation and even do well in an inflationary environment. Yeah, and one one of the reasons to really think seriously about this, about taking control of your own <clears throat> your own financial portfolio rather than putting your money into an indexed fund or a or a mutual fund that's a broad market mutual fund that will simply follow the market, which is what most of them do, is that this environment that we're in is starting to look a lot like nineteen seventy, late nineteen sixties when um, the government was trying to have its cake and eat it too. And that means it was trying to have a war, which obviously just burns up money. You don't, there's no wealth benefit of a war. You just destroy stuff. And also have a welfare state, which is also not creating wealth at all. It just is transferring money to people. And the combination of those two things at once is often called guns and butter like guns for war and butter for for welfare. And combining those two things at once has been never been very successful in the history of any government. Um, but politicians just can't help themselves. They just have to do it when they feel there's a need, that people need to have welfare or they need to be in a war. They just go do it. And if they don't have the money to pay for it, they print the money. And that's what happened in the 1960s. They printed the money aggressively to pay for both these things. And we're in a very similar situation now. We've just come out of years and years and years of war and are now supporting another war. And we are definitely in the butter side of the equation. Super welfare payments being parachuted into people um, through the pandemic. So without just without any political commentary here, just remaining neutral about the whole thing, you can see that there's been a tremendous amount of money printed, just like back in the late 1960s. Mm. And the impact of that was pretty clear over the next 15 years. The United States suffered through 15 years of stagflation. The stock market went from 1,000 down to 600 and back up to 1,000 and down to 600 and up to 1,000. And it did that something like 12 times in 15 years. 
<clears throat> very volatile and never getting above 1,000 on the Dow. So if you had your money in an index fund for that period of time, your rate of return for 18 years was 0%. And uh, during that time, inflation <clears throat> was taking away the buying power of your money at an enormous rate, something like 7% per year. And that meant that over that over a 10-year period, it cut your buying power of your money in half. So over a 15-year period, you uh, saw the buying power of your money go down something like uh, 60% to 70%. So zero rate of return in the stock market and come out at the other end 15 years later with about 40% of the money you thought you had in terms of buying power. So really a disaster. If you put your money in Norwegian Cruise Lines. Ah, where we were go. last week. Yeah. Uh, better to go. <laughs> by far. Better to go. But wait, 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 wait. You can't just put your money into something that we discussed last week as being anti-fragile. We talked about TJ Maxx, Live Nation, and Norwegian Cruise Lines are all raising prices right now because they we have price We talked about how power. they're raising prices, not mm -hmm. that they're anti-fragile at all. In fact, we said a lot of bad things about those companies. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's I mean, certainly they're, they are I'm not going to say for sure what I think exactly here, but I wouldn't mind putting these three up for candidates for anti-fragile at all, and um, and I think the pricing power indicates they do have uh, they do have some kind of a big moat. So, but the the reason you can't just go put your money into them is because you've got to pay the right price. You can't. The whole critical key to doing this kind of investing well is is getting a margin of safety when you purchase the company. Mm. You've got to get the margin of safety price. Yeah, and so, you know, go read Invested and you'll have great ways to figure out the margin of safety price, um, which is the book that Danielle and I wrote together. That'll tell you how to do it. Mm -hmm. This yes. list. You're waving your pen. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting to the list here. Yes, to the list. To the list. So last episode, you um, had a list from CNN and this list had companies that have been recently not only raising their prices, but doing so successfully. Well, either, I don't know what they're doing, keeping their revenue, raising their re revenue, doing well, generally. Yeah. We haven't yeah. said exactly what's happening with them. Um, what we talked about last time was TJ Maxx and Live Nation. Mm -hmm. And then the next on the list was, curiously, Norwegian Cruise Lines, of all things. Mm-hmm. How on earth is a cruise line raising their prices? Do you have any they are idea? having yeah, people are just like Live Nation, people are just really just anxious to get out of the house people and go must on love vacations. Cruising. And they a lot of people love one of the guys that I was in special forces with, shout out to Dan Chitty, Colonel Dan Chitty, hey John, um is retired from the military and We've gotten so old. His son just retired from the military. I'm like, what? <laughs> so anyway, Dan, uh, you know, God bless him, has put in an amazing career with Army Special Forces and um, and is out. And he and his wife cruise. That's what they do. They don't golf. They don't play tennis. Oh, interesting. They cruise. It's they a see hobby. the world. Yeah, it's a hobby, and it, it's great. I mean, there's so many people that have enough affluence where they can do this, and cruises can be pretty, pretty. Price. There are even people who are spending their entire retirement cruising. They don't have a place to live. They live on ships that they can get shipboard 
prices low enough, I think probably they're looking around for the next lowest price. There are people who are cruising the entire world, right? And they're going to bargain price to go around the world. And they're just living on chips. I <laughs> love so that idea. Isn't that so cool? Not for me personally, because I don't like boats. But in general, I love that idea. Like, go live on a boat. Get an Airbnb for a month when you feel like yeah, being you somewhere. you feel like being on the ground. Sure. Awesome. Isn't it awesome? I think yeah. it's so cool. That's very, very sort of baby boomer, modern retirement kind of a thing. Because if, obviously these cruise ships treat you great. It doesn't even matter where your cabin is. You still have food prepared every day. Mm-hmm. You got health services right there and you're going to a new port every day. <laughs> so cool. So that so is why Norwegian is, is cranking. People, their moat is so strong. I'm trying to think if it's like a brand moat. I mean, it definitely would be a brand mode oh, within brand cruising, mode. but well, cruising, cruising has a cruising has a special kind of moat. The moat, yeah. It it has a moat of very much like the airlines do. It's an the, you know the airlines have gates, and you can't get gates um, if you're not already owning gates. Mm-hmm. And the cruise lines are the same way. You can't get a port mm-hmm. to pull into unless you already have the port to pull into. And they guard those like the secret treasure. So, yeah, the you know they got Norwegian and and uh, Carnival and you know Royal and, and a few other smaller ones. But basically, there's not a ton of cruise lines that are out there, and and there's a lot of there's a ton of cruise ships, but they're owned by you know three or four big companies, and they have very strong moats. It's quite quite cool. If you want to go certain places, you got to go with these guys. So. Um, Anyway, that's Norwegian, and they're raising prices, and it's very cool, and you could take a look at it. Again, don't just run out and buy the stock because all these companies are, are pretty well known, and they're, they're bid up, most of them. In other words, you're, you're paying a very high price. This is not a flea sale time. Um, I'm just Yeah, Cruises, cruise companies have been really interesting because they were such an obvious opportunity to anybody looking for a long-term investment so everybody's looking at them but are they really because who's going to make it out of this thing with their uh company still intact not in bankruptcy not in restructuring not with massive amounts of debt right not with new regulations for health that maybe would cripple their business and so there was so much uncertainty, and I would say there still is. There's less now, but a, Agreed. Know, a year ago when there was so much attention on these cruise companies as a potentially good investment, I, I think there was just so much uncertainty that for somebody looking for a long-term investment, it was still a pretty risky, risky move. And so I'm intrigued about which companies are going to come out of this in an anti-fragile way, in a stronger way, having been able maybe even to buy a different cruise company, get bigger because of it. Um, it's really a, a setup for a financially healthy company to do well. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, and the, the biggest thing you got to look at with, with regard to a cruise line is their debt mm-hmm. and their potential to fully dilute you as a shareholder rather than take on more debt. They just could <clears throat> sell a whole pile of treasury stock. That's a stock. really good point. Say that point. Yeah, so they, a company has a couple of choices when it comes to to needing money. Uh, and um, one is to borrow the money. And that's Norwegian Air uh, Cruise Lines has done that. They got a lot of debt. <clears throat> and the other is to simply sell more stock. And when they do that, effectively, they're reducing your share of the company without increasing the value of the company. So it's a little bit like you own a you know a quarter of a pizza that's a 12-inch pizza, and they come along and basically knock your quarter share down to 12%. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you didn't get a bigger pizza out of it. You just got, you got screwed. And that's called dilution. So that is often a way these companies will go. And that may be what's going on with Norwegian. They were at 60 bucks right before the pandemic hit. They got uh, back to $30 back uh, last May. 32 bucks and now they're down again down to uh, 20 bucks whoa they're, they're, they were at 32 be... bucks last may and now yeah. they're way lower than that 20 yeah said? yeah they're at 20 that might be worth looking at that's I serious haven't dug into them yeah i want to put them on my list to, to take a peek at maybe we'll talk about them some more later maybe not too if i don't I'm talk always, about them there's every time a reason. i see something like that <laughs> i'm always so curious what happened Something happened. Oh, something happened in that situation. There's always some fascinating, scandalous, like, like to me it feels even if it's something like oh, like the price of their supplies went way up. It just always is like oh, it's so everybody well, freaked out. It's so scandalous. To, you just put this in perspective. They they went to eleven during the pandemic. Oh, I thought you so, said they went to thirty-two. No, they went to eleven and then they went to thirty-two. And then they went back to 20. So something did happen there at 30. And I don't know what it was. But 11 looks like the bottom. And, and that's only the bottom because the government jumped in there and started paying money like crazy to consumers. Um, that, that may well be the bottom price on a, on a cruise line. They, they weren't getting government help. They were like on their own. So this is worth looking at. I, I think you should take a look at that. Um, definitely feeling pricing power right now. Frank Del Rio runs it. He's been there for six or seven years, and he's, by all accounts, a very good CEO. Mm-hmm. So might want to take a look at that. All right, next one. Next one. Yeah. Is uh, Smucker, which has all sorts of, you know, stuff in the store that you buy, um, jams and everything, but they also own Dunkin' Coffee, and they own Folgers Coffee, and they're raising their coffee prices. So those two brands are strong enough that they can they can raise prices in this market. Otherwise, I'm not that sure that Smucker's raising prices everywhere across all of its products, right? I don't know that it has enough branding power to do that. Um, it'd be worth looking at to see if they are. But in this article from CNN, they just talked about Dunkin' Coffee and Folgers Coffee, and they're raising prices there successfully. All right, next one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one. Yeah. Next one I really like. This is a great company. <clears throat> this company's stock did better than any company's stock over the last 20 years of any company in the world. Monster. 
monster beverages. Monster. Yes. Did monster better. beverages. Mm-hmm. Then any, what does that mean? It grew more? It grew faster? the most. Yep. I'm not sure the last couple years, but over, like, let's say to 2019. This is the energy beverage company. Yes. Monster drinks. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. You're sitting there going, what? Um, let me put it like this. They were selling for, let's start in the year 2000. They were selling for nine cents split adjusted. Okay. Nine cents in uh-huh. 2000. And they peaked in a little bit ago at $95. That's pretty Do good. Do the math on uh, that. I'll give you that's pretty good. It's decent. Yeah. We like to think in terms of doubles, right? This is kind of rule 72 stuff, which is so fun. If you said, okay, they're at 10 cents just for round numbers. Then a double would mean they go to 20 and then 40 and 80, 160, dollar 60, mm-hmm. 320, $6.40, right? Let's make it 650 and we can go to 13. That's mm-hmm. seven doubles. 26, uh, 52, that's nine doubles. And that's close to 100 bucks. Close okay. to 10. That's, yeah, very close to 10 doubles. In 20, and that would be 20 years, almost on the button. 10 doubles in 20 years. That's doubling every two years. That's That's insane. doubling every two years. That's doubling your money every two years. That's incredible. I'm in shock. $1,000 would become a million dollars, I think. Is it a million? No, maybe it's not. It's... Um, Let's see, what would that be? 1,000, 2,000, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, call it 130, 260, 520. Okay, so 10 doubles takes $1,000 and turns it into over 500 grand in that period of time. Okay, that's why we invest in stocks. That is why we invest in stocks. (laughs) That is just phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, love it. Even in hindsight, I kind of don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind so of stunning, isn't it? Anybody who uh, who rode that ride, hats off. Yeah, because um, you know you went from nine cents to sixty dollars. Really, are you thinking it's going to go all the way to one hundred? That's back to the Chipotle grill problem, except way better. This is way better than Chipotle. Right? And right now the stock got down to 73. It's not 83, so it's still way up there. And you have to you have to determine if that's a great price or not. I don't I, don't, I haven't looked at it. They in a must while. they must own other brands, right? You know, great question. Um they do the energy okay, drinks. They got no Relentless, idea. they got Burn. Um Yeah, this was originally Hansen's soda, which I looked at back when it was Hansen's. But they started the company in 1935. Wow. This goes way back. I love back. old companies. I know. Isn't that cool? And they made that, that jump from Hansen's. We're going to do this sort of natural sugar soda thing that worked out a little bit, but not great. And then they made the shift in, uh, I think, 2005 or so, something like that. I and love they were old so good. companies because they have a culture of longevity. It's baked in. Now, somebody may come along who ruins it, and that might be the end, yes, but it's not going to be as easy to do that as in a company that just got started five years ago. And I just, 
seeing a company that has gone through transformation after transformation and shift after shift and world war after world war and inflationary time after tech boom like that's history that is there in that place and i just <laughs> love it monster is also an example of a company that had great management and has great management they they made a deal with Coca-Cola to sell them all the Hanson stuff and all the non-energy side of their business um, in exchange for also getting shelf space with Coca-Cola mm. for Monster. And that just blew them to the moon. That was a rocket ride. Because obviously the biggest, hardest part in this kind of a business is competing with Coca-Cola and Pepsi yeah. and all of their brands for shelf space. Nobody's going to give you any shelf space. Right. These guys are going to totally. do everything they can to muscle you out of there in every grocery store in America. And so Monster, seeing that, did a deal where, hey, we'll sell you all these other things that are kind of competing with you. And here we've got this thing. You don't even have an energy drink. You know, we'll just be your buddies. And then Coca-Cola's tried to compete with Monster and can't, just can't do it. They're, they're too big now. Not to mention their graphic is the best graphic. You know, the three, the green neon claw. Yeah. You like it? That I love it because it's on race cars everywhere. It's so cool. It's like they've you know, they've gone out to the like the high the high end risk sports and put that that thing out there. It's very cool. It's like Red Bull. I'm surprised Monster doesn't say. have a I think they've got a piece of Formula One somewhere, but they ought to have some Formula One stuff because it's so cool seeing that on a car. But anyway, that's Monster and <clears throat> they are raising prices. They do have pricing power. And they're a great example of a very, very anti-fragile company, I think. Uh, as, as well as Coca-Cola did all through the 1930s, um, we can expect Monster to do the same during a recession, depression. They're gonna, they're I'd be, I'd be curious it. to look at what their other brands are to see how those might do. Yeah, yeah. take a look. I, I, I think I will. Okay, a couple more. Couple more. Gonna... How many more are on the list? Um, three more. Okay, cool. All right, so one of them is, <laughs> one of them is, this is great. Spam is raising its prices. Spam. <laughs> what? How can spam raise prices? Spam has brand power? I mean, I've, I'm affected by years in the army where I was shoved spam, right? I mean, they, we ate spam. Oh, I've like, never had spam, Dad. Oh, I know. Honey. There's a reason I didn't bring you up on spam. <laughs> Trust me. And this is not, I, I am deriding spam slightly here. I shouldn't really. It's its high protein, high fat. No, but the thing and, is, I know that there are people who love spam. Like, and I'm sure there are people crazy. who love spam that didn't spend a lot of time in the military. Or maybe there's, I'm going to get letters from military guys who love spam, I know. Because, okay, shut up, you guys. I personally like the ham and lima beans that all of you hate. And managed to get quite a lot of pound cake in trades for that. <laughs> I would score. Here, you can have my my thing you want, my chicken noodle. I'll take your ham and lima beans, but you got to give me your dessert. <laughs> I did that a lot. So Hormel Foods owns Spam. And um, again, I don't know what they're doing with the rest of their stuff. So it's sort of like Smucker. But in this article, they're raising their prices on Spam which is a brand product, and they, they think they can get away with it, and they are. All right, the I next mean, one is a... Let me just say on that, oh. Hormel <clears throat> is an interesting look. That company owns so many oh, brands. man. And great ones. And they're yeah. sort of on the wrong side of 
of the future, you know, in terms of what they make. And, and it's, it's a little bit like... you think they're on the wrong side of the future? Yeah, I think, you know, canned foods and processed meats and that's Hormel's thing, right? And, I don't know um, if that's Hormel's thing. Really? You think they've got a whole natural stuff? side, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it tells you what I know. I don't know enough about it to, like, speak definitively, but they... They have a very broad set of brands. So I would not write them off as just pure, like, down-home cooking. Okay. Well, here's some of the stuff they own. Um, Planters. That's the Peanuts guys. Columbia Craft Meats. Denty Moore. Denty Moore, I'm pretty sure, is in a can. Ginio. Don't know what it is. Skippy Peanut Butter. They're focused on a wide range of packaged and refrigerated foods. I uh, don't know if they've made the big shift to the... To the green revolution here. Let's see. Maybe they have, or maybe they're I'm just sticking with it. they've made a big shift to the green revolution. <laughs> but, you know, they own some natural. They own um, Justin's peanut butter cups. They own, butter the, cups. they own the peanut butter that you that got Justin's. you into investing. That's right. More or less. Okay. Well, good for Hormel. So we'll see if they've got pricing power. Those are, I mean, obviously they've got some branding there that that is supposed to give them pricing power. But I think Warren Buffett just found out over the last few years that branding isn't what it used to be in these kinds of packaged food world um, with Kraft. They had to write down a billion dollars worth of stuff because the Kraft brands weren't holding up against Costco's, you know, Kirkland stuff. Yeah. And oh. people didn't care. Yeah. Costco, like that should be on the top of every single Everybody's pricing list power companies. list. Every... If you can get Costco at a price, you should buy it. Okay, yes. that's my opinion. Mine I'm not too. giving you advice, but God, it's at a well-run company. Okay. Uh, last, let's see, next two. <clears throat> Newell, which owns Rubbermaid. It's, and then they're raising the prices on Rubbermaid. Hmm. Um, this whole list is all consumer goods. Yeah, okay. which is, we, right? In, in other words, if you can raise your prices on consumer goods in a time of inflation... When people are having to, right? You're 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 a brand. You've got something going on there that's affected. All right. So Newell Rubbermaid. Uh, don't know much about that. You can look it up. And there's the last one that I think is fascinating. Walmart. Now you think, okay, well, of course, Walmart's raising. No, Walmart's not raising prices. Oh really? Walmart is intentionally not raising prices. They, they're, what they're saying, it's a P, I don't know if it's just PR or if it's a business move or what, but they're basically saying, you know, we're, we're here to defend the little guy and we are going to keep our prices steady for a while. And, uh, and now the question is what, <laughs> if you're an investor in Walmart <clears throat> and they're, and they're not raising their prices, what does it mean? Yeah. Part of it might be that Walmart has an effective gun at the head of virtually every supplier they have. And they put that gun at that supplier's head and say, you raise your prices to us, we will shoot you in the head and you're gone. I think I that's think that may be what's going probably, on. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so any company that's selling stuff to Walmart is going to suffer right here. They're going to suffer. Exactly. That's what I was just thinking. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Walmart, it's such a, there's so many pros and cons to Walmart. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a, I like the uh, pros. I think I've expressed my, my, my sympathies, my, my, my 
my view of Walmart many, yeah. many times. I, I really, and just to say it one last time, I'm not in favor of low price being your one standard of good qual of, of goodness, of ethics, of integrity. Our one standard is we have low prices because what that means out, out in the rest of the world. So, but I, it's hard to blame Walmart. You can, you can blame the Walmart shopper at the end of the day. They're not, they're not willing to support their local pharmacy and their local grocery store and their local clothing store. They're just going to go down to Walmart. Yeah. They're price driven shoppers yep. and they're not even going to support Amazon. They're buying no. from Walmart instead yeah. of getting Walmart delivery instead of Amazon, Amazon delivery. Yeah. Yeah. So it's real. Um, and Walmart's done a fantastic job of transitioning into delivery. So given that, not given yeah. that. So never look away from Walmart. They're a phenomenal company. If you're just looking at, at uh, what that stock price has done, they're unbelievable. Um, and with that, I think we'll just say, okay, there's, there's the group that CNN highlighted. And um, I think, you know, it's a pretty interesting group of companies. I think you could do a lot worse than if you went out and you bought those eight companies, you could do a lot worse. Even you just could do a lot worse with these, an index fund. Like this is, these, <laughs> I've gotten a couple that I'm intrigued by. Like TJ Maxx, the first one we talked about. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, yeah that's intriguing. Norwegian, um, Norwegian Cruise Lines and with, Monster. With a look. Norwegian and Monster. I'm like, I need to go find out what Monster owns. What the exactly. heck? But just it's guys, just, just remember, you got to buy them on sale. And and trust me, they will go on sale if we have a big recession. The stock market starts going down 50%. You're going to see a viral meltdown in the stock market. And these companies will all go on sale. It doesn't matter how good they are. And that, of course, is the key. So be patient right now. Prepare uh, prepare your bucket, as Buffett says, right? Before it starts raining gold, you got to get your bucket yeah. ready. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk more about that next time. What do you say? Sounds good. Time to go play. Thanks, all right, everybody. You guys. See ya. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding, they really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.